0: Yeah, so today we are learning Samach Zayin in Sechad Erevin. Daf Samach nine lines from the top, but the two dots of Chizda of Sheshet. So, so it says Rav Chizda of Sheshet. Ki Pug E they had the day. They had an interesting relationship when they would meet each other. Rav Chizda, Mar Ta Ansef Vatei Mimat Nayatad Rav Sheshet. lips would shake from the knowledge of Rav Sheshet, of the Tot, meaning Rav Sheshet was such an expert in things, in, in all areas of texts. He knew all the Tot, everything by heart, that Rav Chisda would be afraid he's going to bring some source, you know, that he has all of these sources at his command. And on the other hand, Rav Sheshet, and Rav Sheshet was, was uh, intimidated by the pilpul of Avchisdam, and he was so sharp. His argument, his reasoning was so sharp that he thought that you know he'll be able, even with the uh, and his questions are so deep. Rashi says, but the So the point is they each had a quality that they were, that the other one was, you know, admired or was intimidated by because they were afraid of each other. But anyway, that didn't stop them from having a conversation. Now, you have, let's say, two houses across the street from each other and they're in an open area. Right, they're in an open area, but, but then all of a sudden the construction company comes on Saturday morning and they build a, They decide to build a, a fence. Maybe they're developing the area around. They want a fence, whatever. It doesn't matter. They build a, a, a wall around around these two houses. These two guys are living in an open area. It's Rosh oh. on Shabbat. The the non Jews come and they built a wall. So now it's a Rosh yep. Now this is like the kumachatzer, right? Right, right. So now you have a khatsir that wasn't there before. So now, you, so, so now the question is, what can they do with this khatsir <laughs> right, so if you lived alone and they came and they built them a machitaf, you're good. you now you have a fence you can carry it. but now you have two people sharing the space, so what yes, do you do? Uh, right, then they then couldn't they make a ch- they couldn't make the the it over. There was like, a There's a story like that. So it says so so like this This happened on Shabbat. So yeah, Ali yeah. Don't ask according to the according to the position, because we saw a position that if you have two uh two two courtyards next to each other, so if they didn't make an Eruv but to, to unite them, so, en bitul me chater chater, the people in Chatser A cannot say, we relinquish our rights to carry, and therefore it's all yours, they, they can't do that, because they can just make an Eruv within their own Chatser, they don't need to do that, right? So don't even ask then, because in that case, even though those two Chatzirot could have united together before Shabbat, they opted not to. They had the ability to, but they didn't. And yet on Shabbat we still don't allow them to relinquish their rights to each other, meaning it's more strict. Even though they could have made an Eruv and they could have all been considered one area, they can't effectuate that on Shabbat. So you see that what you can do on Shabbat is limited, right? Is is more limited than what you can do before Shabbat. Uh, what? Uh, right, true, but the idea is that does what you were able to do Friday determine what you were able to do on Shabbat? Meaning, in the case, according to the opinion, that you cannot, the people in one uh, courtyard cannot relinquish their rights to the people in another courtyard, even though those people could have made an eruv and united both courtyards. We don't let them do that on Shabbat and have one relinquish to the other. We don't. So you, so he says so according to that for sure since these two houses could not have even made an eruv if they wanted to on Erev Shabbat because it wasn't a wall there on Erev Shabbat so for sure they can't do anything but haha Right, here where they couldn't even have made an eruv before Shabbat if they wanted to, because there was no wall. Local So certainly they can't do anything on Shabbat itself. In other words, for the following Shabbat, if they want to make, uh, if the wall is still there, they could make an eruv together or whatever. But they can't do more on Shabbat than what they could do on Arab Shabbat, if anything, they can do less. Because you see that even two Chatserot that could have made an eruv together are not allowed to relinquish to one another their rights on Shabbat itself. However, kiti what is my question? But according to the view, which is actually the Halacham, that one khatzer can relinquish its rights to another Chatser. So over there is the only reason why One courtyard can nullify its rights, can relinquish its rights to the other one because they could have made an Eruv before on Shabbat if they wanted to. So now that they didn't, meaning the people in the two Chatserot have two options. They can either each make an uh, an Eruv for themselves and not carry from one Chatserot to the other, or they can make one big one. So do we say that since they could have made one big one and they didn't, so that's why on Shabbat, according to one opinion, according to Rabbi Yochanan? right, one courtyard can nullify its rights to the other one on Shabbat itself. But here, do we say that here, since these two houses had no chatzir around them at all when Shabbat started, So maybe they can't do anything. Meaning it's determined, right, according to Rabbi Yochanan, what is his logic? One possibility is that his logic is that since on Erev Shabbat they could have made an Erov, so then on Shabbat they have the ability to do this bitul Rishut mechanism. However, these guys didn't even have a Chatser on Erev Shabbat. It happened on Shabbat. The construction company came and they built it. Okay. Oh, Dilmor, maybe Lashna, maybe it doesn't make a difference. Maybe the fact is that right now I have a wall around me. And I want to make a shoot, so I can... In other words, they didn't make an eruv, obviously, before because they didn't have a wall, but guy in house A says, Listen, I'm going to give you the rights to use the, the area for this Shabbat. I'm nullifying my rights. I'm not going to carry anything into the area. It's your area. And therefore, the other guy can use it. Right? That's the question. So, Amar in Mivatlin. So, Rav Shesha says they can't do it. In other words, they can only go as far as they could have done on Erev Shabbat. Since on Erev Shabbat, they, could have done, they couldn't have done an eruv because they didn't have a wall. So, on Shabbat itself, they also cannot. But the next Shabbat, obviously, they'd be able to. How, here's another question that Rav Chistah asked Rav Sheshet. This is why they had this, uh, the intro to the story was that they would challenge each other. You know, they had like a, each one was, was, was question, one was the questioner and one was responding. But he, he asked him, what happens if you have the non-Jew there? And normally we say that the non-Jew has to, uh, you know, you have to rent from him or something like that. You have two Jews and the one non-Jew and they didn't rent from him and they didn't make an Eruv either, obviously, because since they didn't rent from him, they couldn't make an Eruv between the two of them. So now he died. So maybe they could say, well, now that he died, on Shabbat, meaning they didn't make an Eruv before Shabbat because the guy wouldn't, wasn't willing to do the renting to them, right? Yeah. So now they say, now it's on Shabbat and the guy dies. So they don't have to rent from him anymore. I didn't hear. No, there's nobody there, right? Even if he's not there, really, it would be okay. But he's, 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 he dies. So now the question is, can I now, these two guys are living together, A and B, can A now say, well, obviously we can't make a, an Eruv for the Chatzor for Shabbat because it's already Shabbat, but can A now relinquish his rights over to B, do Bitu Roshut. Right? Now here it's a little different because they could have, what they could have done, in other words, we, right, it existed at least. So Now according to the, we saw earlier in the Gemara that there was a question, maybe you could even rent from the non on Shabbat. Right, We saw that maybe you could even rent from him on Shabbat if he showed up on Shabbat and he hadn't been there before and now you want to, you want to do the rental on Shabbat and then do the bitul reshut. So according to the one that you can even, according to the opinion that you could even rent from him on Shabbat, certainly if he dies and he's out of the picture, you can nullify reshut one to the other. What I'm really asking is according to the one that says you can't rent from him, meaning if the non-Jew is away in the beginning of Shabbat and he shows up in the middle of Shabbat, one opinion was, you can right now do the schirut on Shabbat without touching anything muktzeh. You give him some object of value, here's a, whatever it is, and, and, and do, the, do the symbolic schirut, and then we do bitul reshut, we can do that on, Shabbat. on according, Shabbat. Right, so according to that view, yeah, but according to that view, then certainly if he dies on Shabbat, you should be able to now have bitul reshut to one another because you could even rent it if he was alive. However, according to the view that you cannot rent from the non meaning if the non-Jew was away in the beginning of Shabbat, so you couldn't rent from him, and then he shows up on Shabbat, there's nothing you can do. So according to that view is the reason because you're not allowed to do two things, meaning you would have to do two steps in that case. You would have to first go to the non-Jew and rent from him, and then you would also have to do bitul reshut one to the other. Maybe that's what you can't do. But over here, but here you only have to do one thing because since the non-Jew died, all you have to do is bitul reshut now. Right? Exactly. Maybe it's better. Or maybe we'll say it doesn't make a difference. That you're not, that according to the one that you can't rent from the non-Jew on Shabbat, it means you can't change the status quo on Shabbat. That's it. So you can't do the bitul reshut one to the other on Shabbat. So I'm said, "Listen, I say they can do it. Uh, but Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna says that you can't do it. In other words, one says that, it's a, that the rule is that since you went into Shabbat with the Nanju present and that prohibited you from making any eruv or any bitul reshut uh, because you didn't rent from him and you weren't allowed to rent from him on Shabbat, therefore the status quo remains for the rest of Shabbat. That's what Rav Hamnuna said. Rav Shesha says, I say that the only problem was the two-step process, the renting plus the bitul reshut. But where the renting becomes obsolete because the guy died, so, uh, so then you're allowed to do Bitzur Roshut one to the other and that's what the halacha is, that you would be allowed if the non-Ju, if in a, in a case where the non-Jew died on Shabbat and they didn't make, uh, they didn't manage to rent from him. So then they would be able to do Bitul Roshut one to the other and give one party the power to use that, uh, to, to use that shared area for that Shabbat and it would be okay. But only if he's a, he's a single person, if he's a Mishpacha. No, Mishpacha is considered one house. One household each. Yeah. If, if the father of the, the Mishpacha is died, you can do it? No, no, the non-Jew, you mean? Yes. No, if there's any non-Jew, it would not make a difference. If there's any non-Jew, it won't make a difference. If, a group of people there, group of going. There's a group of Jews and there's one non-Jew. No, in this case, non- yeah, okay. one guy, one guy. One we're all, we're talking about one guy. Don't complicate it. We're talking about one guy and he's gone. Go no, it's one guy. The one guy. Yeah. Because okay. so otherwise you complicate it. it. Then there's another guy. So what's, how does right. it help you? Right, if there's an infinite Therefore, number of non Jews, then you'll never be able to Right, then you then, then he's still there, basically. <laughs> there's still yeah, you have, it has to be only one guy only. That's why it says nochri. <laughs> that's it. it says like, if the non Jew has his own private exit, okay? It says <laughs> four by four small private exit on the side that he doesn't have to go through the Mavoi. He doesn't have to use the mavoi from it. Now, we're talking about a guy that this non-Jew has, a, has an estate, basically, right? That opens to the Mavoy. So he is prohibiting everybody else from using the mavoi because he, he he has an entrance into the mavoi. But he also has a back entrance, okay, that he can use. Now, even if he's machnis umotsi gmalim vekonot, even if all day long he is bringing uh, all kinds of things through the mavoi, he shows that he has... Uh, that he has a, 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 an intro. He uses the Mavoy. It doesn't matter because since he has his own separate exit that he could use, he does, it's not his exclusive way out. So, uh, so he, he's allowed to... So he doesn't prohibit the Mavoy and everybody else, meaning they wouldn't have to rent from it, right? The one that is his, he likes it better. So what do you mean he likes it better? He's using the other one all day long, meaning that we say since he has his own exit... This isn't, he doesn't have his own personal exit. He's not fully vested in the mavoi because even if you blocked him from the mavoi, he still has a way out. So, uh, so we're going to say that that's um, that that's not considered a participant in the mavoi. That it's going to prohibit other people from using it. Okay. Now it says like this: Iba'ilu asked patuacha kapevma. What if he has an opening that doesn't go directly to the roshut Rabim, but it goes to the it goes to a large Enclosed area, but outdoor enclosed area. We learned about karpefot before. A karpef is an area that is open, but not mukafle Dua. It's not enclosed for living. It's enclosed. It's like a park. It's like a garden. It's like a field. that's enclosed, room. right? It's storage area. Something that's not for human use. Not for human living. So anything like that. So it has a minute. It has a, a limit. We said up to betzatayim right, up to a certain area, the Bet area is considered to be, uh, you know, you can still carry in such an enclosed area, but if it's very large, I maybe mean, if it's bigger than Bet so then it's going to be an area that you're no longer allowed to carry in there, rabbinically, rabbinically they made that rule. Now, in the, so the question is, if he has an opening to this type of an area, it's not directly to the Rosh Hashanah, maybe there's a way from the Karpif out to the Rosh Hashanah, it doesn't say that, but maybe it does, but the, but the main point is that he has an opening to somewhere out of his house. That he doesn't have to go through this mavoy. So does that also count? So it says, Amarav Nachman, Barami, Ulpana, Nachman Barami said in the name of Ulpana means some teaching, in the name of a tradition, even if it's open to that area, he'll go there and he'll go out that way and he won't be considered to, in other words, since there's an exit from his residence other than the mavoi, you can go to this karpef, that's enough to say that he's not exclusively using the uh, the mavoi, and that's why he's not considered to um, to prohibit the people who are who are using the mavoi. Rabban Rav Yosef said together, A non Jew, if he has a, a karpef that is this area that's off of his um, off of his house. That is the betzatayim, meaning it's the smaller type, the type that it, even if it's enclosed, that if it's enclosed, a Jew is allowed to carry and the smaller type, right? So that size eno osir, I'm sorry, Oser, he's still going to prohibit. Meaning why? Because it's too small of an area. It's too small. If he has an opening that's Yotermi betzatayim, if he can exit his house to a large park, a large park. So then he's going to that's considered a large enough exit. That he the, the fact that he has a uh, even if his house doesn't open directly to the but it opens to, a, to Eisenhower Park okay and it's enclosed so then he's not going to have a problem uh, he's not going to be considered to prohibit the mavoi because he has this huge open space that it can open, that it can uh, he can go into but if it's a small area a small backyard then it's still not going to be considered uh, significant um, on the other hand the Jew is the opposite let's say you have a Jew who doesn't want to participate in the shi'utu fe'mavoi he has an exit that goes to a betzatayim, eno If it leads to a smaller enclosed area, that's when we are lenient with the Jew. But yo mi betzatayim But if it's too large, then we're, it's actually going to be more stringent. Why? Because in the case of the non Jew, the only thing that we look at is the magnitude of the area, right? A larger area he's going to consider more of a real exit from his house. A smaller area, he's not going to consider an exit from his house because he doesn't care about the halakha, of betzatayim, karpef, open area, this and that. He doesn't care. He just wants a big area. So if he has an opening that goes to a gigantic park, he's going to say, okay, I don't need to go to the Mavoy. I have a gigantic park. Right? The Jew is the opposite. The Jew says, if I have an opening that goes to a karpef that's small, then I'm allowed to carry there on Shabbat. So I'll use that and I'll carry out on Shabbat. But if I have an opening to a cup, if it's gigantic, so then I can't carry in there on Shabbat. So I wanna be part of the Mavoi where I can carry their things, put things in there on Shabbat. Okay? So what so the so uh so the Jew is not yeah. gonna consider it a valid exit from his house. He's gonna consider the valid exit from his house to be into the Mavoi. And therefore he's gonna be a participant in the Mavoi, and therefore he's gonna prohibit the Mavoi if he doesn't. Participate in the it of water makes perfect sense, right? So, Bamine, they asked the question. Mm-hmm. Same question that we saw before. If it's open to a karpiv, what's the status? Amali said to him. We said that if the Jew, if the non-Jew has an opening from his house that goes to an area that's only bitsatayim, it's a smaller enclosed area. So then he still is going to be considered a participant in the mavoi because he doesn't consider that to be a significant exit. But if it's a large area, then it is. We've learned this before. If you have one of these enclosed areas, let's say you have a gigantic park, a huge park. Let's say Central Park was enclosed with walls. It's not, but let's say it were, Right? So if you threw from Rashid Rabi into that enclosed park, I can't remember if Eisenhower Park is enclosed or not. It's not, it's not is it? No. no. But if you had a, it doesn't have a fence around it? I can't remember. I haven't been there since I was a, I was a little kid. We, we used to go there once in the a while. so big. In of central Where it's enclosed. Okay, so let's say you have a big enclosed area, a very large enclosed area, and you throw from shuta HaYachid into, into there. I'm sorry, from Rashut rabim and the street of New York City into there. Right? So it says, Chayav, you're going to be liable. because really that mechitza makes it a Rashut HaYachid from the perspective of the Torah, the only thing. That defines a place as Rashut HaYachid is the dimensions and the walls. That's it. It could be, the, you put a wall around the entire country, yeah. okay, it wouldn't matter. Although there's a discussion among the Rishonim if that would work because it's not you don't see that. There's a, there's a question about that. But imagine that, the, you know, because there's, there's a whole discussion about, like, why isn't every place in the world Arush yachid Because the continent, you know, is elevated from sea level. You know, there's, there's a whole, like, discussion about why is the, Manhattan should be, um, should be Arush HaTayachid because it's an island. You know, but people... So there's a whole discussion about that. But leaving that aside, the point is that even if you had a gigantic park that's enclosed... The fact that it's enclosed from the Torah's perspective makes that a Roshot We don't care how big it is. It says, The rabbi said that since Diyurin <laughs> means right? so, so therefore, why? So because of that, people will consider it like a Roshot rabim Okay. Even though it's enclosed, they will consider it like a Shudah Abim and they'll get confused and say, oh, well, if I can carry in there, I can carry a Abim. So but therefore sta- they said... stepping stone is completely... In- oh, in- ah, right. So I don't know if that's as big as a bits of time. I'm not sure no. the size of it. It's not that big. But but let's say it was very big. So you have a totally enclosed park that's very big. So from the Torah's perspective, it doesn't matter how big the place is. All that matters is that it's enclosed. So therefore, from the laws of... of, of Shabbat of the Deoraita, mm-hmm. if you violate Shabbat, meaning you throw something from a Roshut HaRabim into there, you can't say, well, it's only a Korpah if it's not a Roshut Yachid, It is a Roshut Yachid. That's not going to be an issue. The question is, carrying inside, the rabbis made a rule that they're treating it like Karmelitz, they're treating it like a rabbinically prohibited area, because people will confuse it with a uh Rabim will come to carry in Rashut Rabim because it's so large and it's not made for residential purposes. That's the that's what Rabbi Yochanan is saying. Now, what's the significance he said no matter how big it is, really, if you throw in there an object from Rashut Rabbim into there, it's gonna be considered carrying. Now, <laughs> raised an objection from a because it says this Um Selah Shebayam, if you see if there's a big rock in the ocean, Gavoa asara it's ten t'vachim high, ve'ochav It's four t'vachim wide. So that is the dimensions yeah, of rishut ayachid above the sea, right? That's the dimensions of rishut ayachid. Uh, ten t'vachim high, four by four uh, uh, t'vachim in in area. And mital talit, lo min tocho l'ayam. You can't carry from that into the ocean, ve'lo min and you can't carry from the ocean into it. In other words, why? Because it's considered rishut ayachid, and the yam. Is actually considered, uh-huh. the, the ocean is considered a karmelit because it's not used for, uh, for uh, it's not really public uh, domain. People don't traverse there. The fact that boats pass through doesn't make it a roshutarabim, right? So, pachot mikan, if it's smaller than that, then you can carry on there. In other words, if it is a smaller area than that, so that it is a karmelit, <coughs> meaning let's say this rock is only eight fachim ta- ha- ha- tall instead of ten, so it's a karmelit also. So then you could take from the ocean onto this rock. Let's say you're stranded on this rock on Shabbat, you know. So you could take from the ocean into the rock. You could take from the rock into the ocean. I don't know why you would want to do that, but you could because they're both Karbalit. So they're on the same level now. Right now, Ad Kama, until what? At bits of time, up to a bits of time, up to the dimension of bits of time. Now, the question is, what is that referring to? What is until a bits of time? Which oh, one wow. of the halachos they just said, right? So, if you're going to say the end, bits you're telling me that only a bits time and not more. What's the difference? How large the uh, the area is? You're, you're going to tell me that you can only carry from the ocean onto this rock or from this rock into the ocean if the rock is, has the area less than a bit of time, why? If it's only eight t'fachim high, no matter how large the area is, it's not going to be considered to be Yushotei it's a Carmelite, so what difference does it make how big the rock is? The rock could stretch very far width and lengthwise, as long as it's not high enough. I should be able to take from the ocean onto the rock because they're both the Carmelite. says, Rather, it's going on the beginning. <laughs> this is how we read the Bible. If you have a rock that is ten t'fachim high and four by four t'fachim in its area, you can't carry in and out of the sea from there because the sea is a Carmelite and really the word should go there in the beginning of the Brayta that's what, that's what he's saying and how much only up to the dimension of the B'etzatim but if it's greater than a B'etzatim right then meaning that he's interpreting it leniently he's saying that when can you not carry from the ocean onto this rock because it's a rishtayakhid when the area of the surface area of the rock is less than bitsa time but if the air surface area of the rock is gigantic right it's more than a bitsa time now you can carry from the ocean onto this rock because now this rock becomes a Carmelit. Karpef. it becomes like a Karmelit. so you see from that Contrary to Rabbi Yochanan, Alma Carmeliti Teuftad Rabbi (laughs) Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was saying no matter how big a Rashutah Yechid is, once it's a Rashutayachit, it's always a Yahid from the perspective of the Torah. It never is going to get demoted. So once something has, is enclosed by walls, no matter how large the surface area of the, of it is, it's always going to be a But here you see that's not true. You see that you can, you're not allowed to bring from the water onto this rock when, it, when the surface area, that's 10 high when the surface area is smaller. But once the surface area of the rock is bigger, it actually gets demoted from being a to being a Carmelite. and now you can actually carry bring things from the ocean onto the rock it actually gets demoted that's not what Rabbi Yochanan said Rabbi Yochanan said once and always so it says no that's the wrong way to read the bright somebody who doesn't understand how to read bright is trying to argue with Rabbi Yochanan we have a problem you're right that it's going by the beginning of the bright but this is what it means not what you said it's talking about bringing things from the from the water onto the rock. Okay? There, if it's a Rishut hayachid, you can't do it. But on the rock itself, are there any restrictions on carrying? As long as that rock is ten Tvachim high and four by four Tvachim in dimension, you can carry on the surface of the rock because it's a Rishut hayachid. And even if it's much <laughs> bigger than 4x4 four Tvachim, four, you could carry on the surface because it's Shrutayachid. But if it goes past this large measurement of betzatayim, so now all of a sudden you cannot carry on the 150 uh, square... Uh, it's 100 by 50. Uh, so right, it's It's 100 by 50, no? Um, amot? Yeah, so right. So a 50 by 25, Twelve. Yeah. 50 something like that, meter. yeah. It's not that much. It's 100 by 50 Amot. Yeah, it's a, no, it's pretty large. It it's pretty large. Meters. I mean, it's it's one pretty meters. large. A hundred a amot is uh is uh meters. is about um. Twenty Something like it's like some. It's, I think hundred each amah is one and a half feet. So a hundred amot is, 250, uh, is 250, two hundred fifty. Is two hundred meters uh, is about half. Two. Feet. No, it's a, a hundred amot is one hundred and fifty. Uh, it's not big, it's shape, like yeah. one acre. Yeah, it's like an acre. No, no, it's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be bigger. Than that. It's Acres it's bigger than this. Exactly, we have to figure out exactly. We have to figure out exactly what it would translate to into recorder, our uh, right. into our. Uh, co- uh, t- but you know. 100. But either way, the point is that it's a, a large air surface area. So whatever that large surface area translates into in our in today's uh, numbers, fine. But the. Um, but the, uh, but the point is that he's saying carrying on the rock is where it gets more restricted if it's larger. Not more lenient. Carrying from the sea onto the rock becomes more lenient. That's not what happens. It's that carrying on the rock becomes more stringent if it's too big because it becomes a karpif. So, uh, so the status can change with the tide going up and down because it can come to a point okay, where it is so less than... Uh, no, it mean, in yeah, uh, no, it wouldn't because the rock underneath is still higher. <laughs> It doesn't go by the amount of surface area that's actually exposed. No, it doesn't go by that. <laughs> Rabbi Shi says that it really it goes by the. It, oh, you're right, it, the adkama is going by the beginning of the break. But you have to understand that this whole thing is rabbinical. So, Time they already said that if you have an air, a large area, even though it's enclosed, even though it's considered a shutayachid, but it's not for residential purposes. If it's larger than of time, you can't carry them. Right? More than Dalet Amot. And they also said that you can't carry from a Rishut HaYachid to a karmelit. So you have two rabbinic rules here. Carrying from the ocean, taking something out of the ocean and putting it on this rock, is only a an even of Banan, even if the rock is reshut because, because the water is not a Rishut HaRabim, it's a Karmalit. It's only rabbinic. Carrying on the very large rock, if it's larger than of time, is also... Not, uh, not a, a biblical provision. So, right? So it says, like, so all of this is a rabbinic, rabbinic institutions here, right? So it says, so, uh, so, so it says this, this whole, this whole thing. Since the area, if the area is up to a bet time so you're allowed to carry on the entire rock because it's up to the maximum, but it doesn't go beyond the maximum. So then you can't carry from the ocean onto it or from it onto the ocean. Because really it's a total Roshuta yahid even rabbinically, because it's not so large that it surpasses the area that they allowed you to carry in. So therefore you can't bring from the ocean onto it because then you're just carrying from a karmelit into the rshutayachit. When that rock is so large that the rabbis wouldn't allow you to carry more than four amot on it because it's considered karpif, the too big. Right There there they allowed you to carry from the ocean onto the rock, because now you're going from Carmelite to Carmelit The rules of Karmelite are being observed on the rock because it's so large, yeah. so therefore when you bring from the ocean onto it, it's okay too.. What's the reason why they were more strict in the case of the Karpev? <coughs> Then the, uh, why Why did they make this distinction? Because I said, maybe a person will say that it's a, comp- that it's a, Gmurahi. they will think that, in other words, the fact that you're allowed to bring from the ocean onto the rock is actually, uh, emphasizes the fact that it's not a Rashuta Yahid. Because you're allowed to bring from the wa- water onto it, and so therefore you won't think that you can carry on the surface of the entire rock. You'll realize that you can't, and when you can carry on the surface of the entire rock, that's when you can't bring from the ocean onto it. I'm sorry. What's the difference that they were more ca- concerned about one rabbinic restriction than the other? They weren't as concerned about bringing from the from the. Uh, even though in both cases, really, this rock is a karma, is is a but in one case they were concerned, they're, they're less concerned about you bringing something from the water onto the rock because they want to make sure that you don't carry on the surface of the rock when it's too big. But they didn't care about the fact that technically you're bringing from a Carmelit into a Roshu They didn't care about that. Why not? Because <laughs> The reason is because what's more common is always more problematic. So carrying along the surface of that rock is something that's very commonly done. I mean, if you're sitting on the rock, you're going to carry on the surface of the rock. So I said, listen, if it's small enough that you're allowed to, it's a Rishut HaYechid, so fine, but then don't bring from the water onto the rock because you, you can't bring from a Karmelit onto a If, on the other hand, it's a very large area, that rock, so you can bring from the ocean onto the rock because you're not allowed to carry on that rock. Why? But... So the question was, well, technically speaking, you're doing the same thing. You're taking from the water, which is Carmelita, and bringing it onto the Sitarachim. Yeah, but we're more concerned about you carrying on the surface of the large rock. Because carrying on the surface of a large rock is what you're more likely to do. And you're more likely to generalize from that and think that you can carry in any large open like area. An like in any large, large yeah. yeah, similar, yeah. It would be like an, a desert island, kind of. But you're more likely to come to a wrong conclusion about carrying. But the likelihood that you're going to take things out of the ocean and bring them onto the rock is very slim. So they weren't as concerned about you doing that in this case, okay? Okay,